man, so many, so many cool things going on, and I can't even get into all of them right now because we don't have time. But it's, uh, I don't, I'm not, I'm not the cliche. You know, it's going to be a new year, all these great things. But I really do think this year is going to be great. We've, all the things that we've been planning the last, you know, eight months are beginning to start clicking, um, and people are beginning to respond outside of our church. Um, and so it's really good. We're gonna, I think we're gonna have a really good year, and I think this is gonna be a great beginning of it. Um, what I want to talk about today is Jesus the King. Um, we talked uh, when we talked Wednesday night about Jesus coming as a baby, um, coming in human form, and how important that was because it it, it really knocked everything out of the park as far as uh, a lot of people that didn't believe that God could come in human form. A lot of the early Gnostics also believed that he he was just divinity; that there was no way that he could come in human form, and so it completely knocked that out of the water. He did. I mean, it was very blatant um, that he did come as a man. And, and what's important about that is that that opens the door for us to understand that we can live with the Holy Spirit in us because we are flesh now, currently. We can also have that divinity living with us. So it's important to know that he did it before us, and he was the prototype for that. So when Jesus came, he came as a king, but he came with an invitation, not a demand. He didn't come demanding us to follow him and, and to be a part of his kingdom, but he did come with an invitation. He offers the greatest form of government ever introduced to mankind, which is inward transformation, not outward or external constraint, whereby we can know God intimately and personally. Now, what's important about this, uh, especially the key word intimate, intimate, un- unfortunately, especially in our culture, has been transliterated into more of a, a sexual reference. And so if you'll if you'll kind of veer away from that for a moment. Now, it can't include that, but that's not exactly what it means. Intimate is, is just really knowing someone. Uh, I've looked up the definition all the way back to the Latin and Greek, and it's the noun intimacy comes from the Latin word intimare, maybe mispronouncing, uh, which means impress or make familiar, which comes from the Latin intimus, meaning inmost or innermost. Intimacy is a close family-like connection. So it's a very, it's, it's, a, it's an intimate closeness that you have. Um, Something, and, and, and I've, talk, I've talked about it briefly after worship, there's no replacement for time spent with people. There, there's, no, there's no shortcut to that. The same is true with the Lord. There's no shortcut to intimacy and time spent with the Lord. In this new year, this is something that, that we're going to do as a family as well. We're going we're gonna to do some things strategically to set aside specific times that we're going we're gonna to pray, fast, look, seek after the Lord. Now, these aren't legalistic things that we feel like we have to do to, to gain God's approval. These are just things that we think will be beneficial to us. And in doing so, I want to encourage you to do the same thing. The reason why is, this, this, I got this when we were playing game night. Thanks to Joe, we got game night now. Uh, we went and we hung out with them a while back and had game nights. So and our kids were like, game night, game night, game night. But what's cool about it is, even, even some of the games we started playing, some of the kids weren't involved, and it was only like a couple of them, but then they slowly started coming in and got involved in playing games, and we get to talking about different things. Now, some of, the, some of the subjects, and this wasn't specifically on game night, but just spending time and talking about certain subjects uh, opens doors to other things. Now, one of the things I've talked to some of our, our, our well, some of our, our two youngest daughters, is a lot of the music that you hear in, in and I'm not, you know, I'm not legalistic about this. Secular music, some's not bad. But there are a lot that are really bad and have a lot of really bad sexual references and are real blatant. Used to be risque when I was younger, but are just completely not at all now. Now, some of their friends listen to this music, and, uh, and there's like a kid's version that takes all the cuss words out. <laughs> and so they think it's okay. 
But this is interesting because it got us into a good discussion because we're like, okay, well, it's not just about the cuss words. It really isn't. It's about what's behind the, you know, behind what they're saying and the, and the ideas and the things that they're trying to, to influence you with. And so, but that kind of thing doesn't come by me just saying, no, don't do that, or yes, just listen to it without the bad word. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff comes with intimacy and getting to know them more. And in the same way, I always, uh, it's easy for me to use analogies from automotive stuff because I'm into cars. But I'm going to use it because it's easy for me to see. Hopefully you'll be able to see it as well. Um, a lot of times when I work on cars or, or jet skis or boats or whatever it is that I work on, I like to tinker with stuff. And when I work on them, you literally get intimate with, <laughs> sounds weird when I say it, but you, you get close to them because you're working on them. What happens when you work on your own vehicles, one of the things I learned early on, is you discover problems before they turn into bigger problems. Um, something else I discover is you can tap into more performance <laughs> by opening up things and, and supercharging things and letting the engine breathe better and different things like that. You can enhance performance with suspensions by lowering or raising different things, aerodynamics, all kinds of things that you can advance. But it, there's all these different things, and literally, um, I will get, there's been times when, i got to get a new chair, that thing's looking bad. Um, I'll literally, it feels like I'm hugging, I'll be over an engine, and Tracy can attest to this, I'll be, I'll be trying to reach a bolt, and I'll be upside down with my feet hanging like out of the hood, and she was, weren't you looking out the window one day and the hood fell, the hood fell on me? Yeah, and I remember hollering, I was like, Tracy! <laughs> because it, the way it caught, it was hard for me to get out because the hood had me like trapped in there, and the engine was kind of warm still. And she didn't come out, you didn't come out and help me. She just laughed, right? Yeah, she just laughed. I thought she didn't hear me, but then later on I was like, did you hear me out there? She's like, yeah, I saw you. I was looking out the window. I was like, why didn't you help me? She said, I figured you got it figured out. You could do it. But you will, you will literally be like in, <laughs> intimately close to whatever it is that you're working on. A lot of times I'll have to feel around to find a bolt or something. But what's interesting, while you're there, I'll, what else am I going to do if I can't see what I'm trying to get at is look around. And sometimes you'll find a loose bolt that could turn into, like, no brakes, you know. Or, or you'll find something that someone else might have done or something like that. But you, you see that stuff there, and there's, there's no substitute for that. If, if, if you try to get somebody else to do it, they may not see that. So what I'm saying is, in the same way, we have to sometimes let the Lord see some things that we don't want Him to see so that He can help us with some of those things. And unfortunately, it's, sometimes it's hard for us to receive I know it sounds weird, but for me, I'm, I'm okay giving, but I have a hard time receiving. Does that make sense? I, I feel bad. Even having some of you guys help with some of the construction stuff, after I've asked you a few times, I feel like, I don't want to ask them anymore. I feel, I feel bad for asking for, for stuff. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? But what I've learned over the years is the, the closer I get to the Lord and the, the, the more comfortable I am with receiving, um, the more comfortable I am giving, actually. Because I know that it's not me. It's not about me. It's what he's doing through me. And so the whole intimacy thing, you, there's no substitute for it. There's no, there's no plan. There's no theology or teaching that can make that happen. It comes with time and getting to know the Lord through the Holy Spirit and letting him get to know you. Um, going back to Jesus, we're, we're kind of being a little bit descriptive of what he did and how he came. He didn't come imposing his kingdom on everyone. He simply came exposing it as an invitation. If the Father had just sent a message uh, to us, just like a letter or a text message, and be like, hey, I love you, love people, that would be open to our interpretation, right? What is love? How do we interpret love? This person may interpret love different than I interpret it. This person may twist it to their own advantage, right? If it was just a message 
without anything concrete or anything solid for us to, to hang on to, then that is, is, is leaning on our own understanding and our own interpretation of love. But he didn't do that. This is why we need the Holy Spirit to give us revelation. This is how I uh, personally learned how to be a good father and a good husband. I didn't have a dad around when I was growing up. And it was one of my greatest fears when we began to have kids. And it's sad because I was more concerned with being a bad father than a bad husband. I'm sorry, Tracy. I learned over the years. But I was. I was more concerned with being a bad father because I didn't have that representation when I was younger. And I remember really having a lot of anxiety and stress about it. How am I going to raise kids when I don't know how to raise kids? I was not given a good example of that. I was given actually a very bad example of that, to say the least. But through the Holy Spirit, and, and some of it without me even knowing, because I was just so enamored with how good God was, and, and honestly, part of, the, part of the way when I was 20 I got saved, trying to catch up and learn more about the Lord and get into Scripture and understand who He was, um, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me on how I needed to talk to, talk to my kids and treat my kids and, and discipline my kids in, in a better way, that, a way that I wasn't taught. Does that make sense? Now, honestly, over time, even after we had kids, he began to show me how I hope to be a better husband to Tracy. Um, because even that, there was a lot of lack there in me, and probably still is some. Just a little. <laughs> but he showed me things that I, I couldn't just learn from people. Does that make sense? There, there are principles and things that I could learn from people, and I could put those into play, and there's nothing wrong with that. But there were things that only the Holy Spirit in an intimate relationship with Him could reveal to me that, that, I, could, that I could put into play into my life that were a reality to me now. That, that, that have me praying and consulting Him on different issues instead of just going on what I think. Um, not to say I don't mess up anymore at all, but for the most part. Um, and what we don't need is man's interpretation of who God is. We need God's revelation of himself. I'm going to say that again. We don't need man's interpretation of who God is. We need God's revelation of himself. And God's revelation of himself was Jesus. This was the reality. This is what set everything into motion. This is what changed everything. It's, it's why we're in 2017 now. <laughs> I mean, it, it literally changed the world that we live in. Even the people that don't believe it, it completely changed everything. And the reality that divinity could, could put skin on and, and walk amongst us messes with everybody. I don't care who you are. It messes with me. How can that be? How, how can you do that? Why would you do that? This is where unconditional love comes from. This is what radically saved me at 20 years old was unconditional love. Love that wasn't dependent on what I could do, but love that was just completely unconditional and met me right where I was. This is the... God, I love Eugene Peterson's in the Message Bible, this God-steeped reality. This is God-steeped life. This is life, and I keep saying I put, I'm putting all my eggs in one basket. This is all my eggs, and this is all in Christ. It's everything. I don't just lean on him when I need him, but he is everything. He is life. He's not an in addition to everything else that I do. He's not a backup plan, the whole bumper sticker, if all else fails, read the instructions. No. <laughs> this is life. What did C.S. Lewis, uh, I can't remember the quote about the sun. Um, I should have wrote it down. Anyway, there's a good C.S. Lewis quote. I'll get to it. <laughs> Look up C.S. Lewis and sun quote. It'll be great. You can thank me later. Uh, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus the king came to establish his government on earth, but in the hearts of men, not physical, but spiritual. Now this is, <clears throat> I, I kind of touched on earlier, he could have done it differently if he wanted to. I mean, he was a man and he could have, he could have done it more strategically or, or taken a position, geo, geopolitical position to, 
to overtake you know, Rome or do whatever he wanted to do, but he didn't. Another screwed up word that we've transliterated is meekness. We, we talk about meekness. Is, what's the first thing you think of with meekness? Weakness, right? That's what I always thought meekness was, was weakness. It means weakness. But meekness really is power under control. Another car reference, we, we had a, a turbocharged four-cylinder all-wheel drive car that I could outrun big V8s with because it had power under control. It distributed the power to all four wheels, and I could outrun bigger cars that had a lot of horsepower but would spin their tires. Another car reference, but it's, it's power under control in the same way. Hey, did somebody send me that quote? I think somebody did. Um, Daniel. Daniel! I believe in Christianity as I believe the sun has risen, not, not only because I see it, but, but because by it I see everything else. That's good. It's deep. C.S. Lewis will blow your mind. He, he, didn't give, yeah, he didn't give me any rest for like a year. I was reading a couple, couple books. I had to take a break because so I was like, I can't sleep. You're, you're too smart, Lewis. You're too smart. And this was back when I, you talk about how I was immature back then, but this was when uh, I remember really struggling with reading C.S. Lewis because uh, one of his books he talked about sitting back and smoking a cigar. I was like, I don't know if I, I, don't know if I trust this guy. He smokes a cigar. <laughs> Oh, was he? <laughs> nice. I mean, I'm, honestly, I don't. It doesn't matter now because I'm I'm above that. But but back then, I was really like I was. I was like, oh no, this is too much. Um, so he came and established his kingdom in the hearts of men, not just physically. He had a, a spiritual kingdom that he was establishing. Amen. He sowed peace in the world so that he would reap peace in the world. He sowed love so that he'd reap love. He sowed goodwill that he'd reap goodwill, and he sowed a son so that he could reap sons and daughters. This is what he was sowing into the earth now. This is why we say heaven's great and we're going to, get, we're going to see it in its fullness one day, but they don't need us in heaven. <laughs> they don't need you. They're doing okay. But people need you here now. This is why he put heaven in our hearts. This is why he changed us now, currently. Psalm 103.19 says, The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. So he's established his, his throne in heaven. It's a spiritual kingdom. This is where his throne established. This is where his kingdom is. It's a spiritual kingdom. We have to see that if, if, if we can move forward in advancing this kingdom, that it's not a physical kingdom, but it's a spiritual kingdom. Uh, John chapter 18, 36 uh, says, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly, I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into this world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Jesus is the king, and this king wants to hang out with you. <laughs> Not just a king over a small kingdom, but the king over the greatest kingdom that you could ever imagine. He wants to get to know you intimately. He wants to fix the problems that you have for you. He wants to show you the giftings that you don't even know you have. Going back to the performance modifications in cars, there are lots of things that I can modify a car and make them go faster or, or do different things. I think in the same way, God sees the giftings that sometimes you don't even see in yourself. And he'll begin to reveal those to you. But some of those takes time and intimacy to get to know him, and he'll reveal those to you in time. Because there's no substitute in time. There's no substitute in that. Um, so how does God get to know a man intimately? 
Matthew 1.18 says, Now the birth of, of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child by the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being just a man, not wanting to make her a public example, was, uh, was going to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is by the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. This is an incredible type and shadow of us. We get Christ with us. We get God with us. How? He's birthed in us by the Holy Spirit. This is further intimate relationship with, with God bursts this Holy Spirit in us. It's by the Holy Spirit. This, is, this actually happened. This physically happened. But it's also a type and shadow of what's happened in us. He has, he has given us this Holy Spirit to live out. God could have, could have come as a king demanding and imposing his rule and reign all over the earth, but he didn't. Why wouldn't he do that? Because that wouldn't make sons and daughters. That would make slaves, right? He came exposing his kingdom and inviting us to be a part of it. This is why we're co-laborers with Christ. He said, hey, I've got a better way. I've got a better kingdom. I'm inviting you to come be a part of this. Follow me. And he could have. I mean, there's, there's nothing stopping a king. A lot of kings would impose their rule, would they not? But he didn't. He came as a loving king. Instead of announcing his kingdom, <clears throat> he came as a, a, a baby in a manger once again demonstrating his love. He didn't come offering church membership or denomination. He'd offered new life, a new identity, an ambassador from the king. He didn't, he didn't offer a new theology, a new teaching, a new way of life. He, or, he offered the life. He offered his life. Literally. <laughs> and spiritually offered his life so that you could have new life in him. And he knew that we couldn't be like him apart from him. So he went away and he sent someone who would be with us so that we could be with him. He knew that we couldn't do it on our own, so he did it for us. He said, I know, I know what will fulfill your life. I know what's best for you, but I know that you can't get to it on your own. So I'm going to take care of it for you and I'm going to give you someone that will, will get you there, that you will be able to inherit this kingdom right now. So as a church, we have to offer the Christ way of life, not the church way of life or the American way of life. We've got to offer the Holy Spirit way of life. Amen. Like I said earlier, all of our eggs are in one basket. All, everything that we are is in Christ. And if there's anything that we have to offer a lost world, it's Him. It's not programs and ideas and different things, though we'll, we'll do everything we can to, to live out this life that He's given us. But if it's not centered on Him and His Holy Spirit in Christ, then we've got a problem. What good is an identity that you can't have until you're dead? <laughs> this is something that I struggled with uh, years after I got saved, trying to figure out what, what I needed to do right now because I just wanted to go to heaven. <laughs> I was like, what's, what's the point? If, if heaven's just the goal, which I don't believe heaven is the goal, uh, a personal relationship with Christ is a goal. Heaven is a great byproduct of it. But a personal relationship with God through Christ is our goal. 
And we get, to, we get to reap the benefits of that right now. We'll see it in its fullness one day, and it's awesome. Praise God. That's going to be great. But they don't need you over there. <laughs> People need you here. And so what good is this new identity and this new life that he gives us if we have to wait until we die to get it? It's not. That's not what he did. And what's cool about this is, is his father's kingdom is not achieved, but it's received. It's not for the most deserving, but for the most receptive. Going back to, to being able to receive something. We have to be willing to receive what he has. And sometimes that means uh, opening ourselves up to be vulnerable. The whole intimacy thing, especially, many of you know my background, is very difficult for me. And <laughs> it's funny because uh, I can remember a time... Uh, especially from from the way that I was raised and some of the terrible things that I saw, when I'd be real timid if especially children would come up and hug me, I, I would I would shy away from that. It was just weird. It was awkward for me. And we were over at uh, um, the Perez's last night, and Joaquin has, has just grown attached to me for some reason. He just runs up to me, and, and last night he was like in my face. <laughs> like I think he was trying to give me a kiss or just stare right in my eyes, and I was just like, I was hugging him, but I was trying to like avoid him, but he wouldn't let me stop until his nose was touching my nose. I was like, okay, you win. Your nose is touching my nose. But there was no way around it, and it was almost like I was trying to avoid it until I was like, you know, it's, it's okay. It's okay. And so I just, I just loved him and hugged him, and it was, it was fine. But there, I didn't even realize that this was still in me. But deep down somewhere, I still have this reservation, even for, just a, you know, for someone to get that close to me now. Obviously, my, my, my wife and my kids are close and, and, and stuff like that. But at the same time, I've, I've, in the, somewhere deep in me, I've still got these reservations from the, the troubled times that I had when I was younger. But what's cool about that is I am so distanced from it that it takes a lot more to get to that place now. It used to, I used to be a lot more timid about showing any kind of affection with people. I used to not be. It was funny because I ran into somebody I hadn't seen in years. We used to go to church together after I got saved, and and I went in to hug him, and he stuck his hand out to, to like block. It was like a block. <laughs> Don't hug me. I shake hands, and I was like, oh, okay. I tried to try to bring him in for a bro hug, but it's but it's over time <laughs> how how the Lord has has given me a rest in that that it's okay that I'm okay that it's 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 okay, and so there's tremendous revelation that God has for you. And this is not a training thing. I didn't train myself to do this. This just happened. Fruit happens. (laughs) This just happens. The closer you get to the Lord, the closer he reveals your performance. (laughs) Speaking of cars, not your performance, but like your your giftings is a better word for it. He will reveal um, those, those loose bolts and those problems that you have and he'll fix them for you before they turn into tragedies. But there's no substitute for that intimacy with him. The cool thing is you get his kingdom, you get his dominion when you get his intimacy, and there's no skipping over intimacy to get dominion. You can't, you can't get to the kingdom without knowing the king. This is crucial because this intimacy with the Lord begins to open these doors, and, and you can't have all these doors open if you're not prepared in your heart. So stand up with me. I want to pray for you guys. Uh, Oh, I forgot I had this. I'm, I'll tell you this, and then I'm going to pray for you. You can stand up anyway. Get your blood get, get your blood rolling. Get your blood moving. Tracy got me some J's. Check out my J's. <laughs> Pastor J got some J's. All my other hot tops, I swear, are from Goodwill, and I paid 4 or $5 for them, and I'm too cheap to buy them for myself. And uh, Tracy blessed me for Christmas, 
And she, she didn't pay full price for them. She still got them from Ross. They're like, they were still cheap, but I love, I'm so proud of them. These are my new church shoes. These are my J's. My wife got them for me. She's so sweet. All right. Um, this, is, uh, this is the King Jesus we've been talking about. Some of you may have heard this. This is uh, the incomparable Christ. Uh, in, infancy, in infancy, he startled a king. In childhood, he amazed religious scholars. In manhood, he ruled the course of nature, walked on stormy waves, and hushed the raging sea to sleep. He healed multitudes with medicine, with, without medicine and made no charge for his services. He never wrote a book, yet his life inspired more books than any other man. He never wrote a song, yet he, yet he has finished the theme for more songs than all songwriters combined. He never founded a college, but all the schools put together cannot boast of having as many students. Herod could not kill him. Satan could not seduce him. His enemies could not destroy him. The grave couldn't hold him. He is the ever-perfect one. He is the Christ. He is the Son of the living God. This is the King Jesus that offers his kingdom to you right now. Father, we receive everything that you have for us, Father. I pray that we, we see and our eyes are open to this intimacy that you have for us. Father, seal in the hearts of those that you've spoken to in here or anybody that may be listening online as we, as we broadcast this online. Father, just uh, speak to them right now and have them, have them see what you're showing me, that how important this intimacy is with you. You are good, and we continue to say you're better than we thought. And so as you heal all those, those places and you fix all those broken parts in us and you mend them together, and then after you mend all those broken parts, you begin to reveal in us all those giftings that you've given us. And it's not burdensome for us as we go out these doors and we begin to see people and love them and pray for them and give them anything that, that, that we can do to help them. Because it's how you created us and it's the way that we're supposed to be. It just fits. So Father, help us to grow in intimacy with you and to open our eyes to your spiritual kingdom. It's not a physical kingdom, but it's a spiritual one. So, Father, just as you've shown us, let kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, your kingdom and your will, in Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 Love you guys. Have a great week.